0: Spirit. Spirit Don't you know your brother's hungry? Don't you know your sisters lonely? Don't you know there's babies crying? Don't you
1: know your brother's dying? Welcome to Tapping Into Spirit, where we discuss and explore issues related to spirituality in a manner that questions everything. We start from a premise that everything comes from somewhere and work to understand the unexplainable. We always endeavor to have a great time discussing a serious topic with the hopes of offering inspiring thoughts and ideas that allow for growth, evolution, and transformation. We always begin by inviting Spirit to join us in this conversation and guide our words and intentions so that we express things in a manner that is true and inspirational. And we are always thankful and extremely grateful for the opportunity to serve. With the Greetings, I'm your co host, Dr. Anthony Smith, and I'm joined as always by my co host, Glenda Jones and Zawadi Powell. Good evening, ladies, how are you?
2: Salutations. Good evening, doing well.
1: Great. How are you all surviving this cold that we're experiencing here?
0: Yes, frigid cold on north carolina like.
1: yes i'll be glad when the temperature rises back up you know they have iguanas in miami that are freezing and falling out of the trees on top of people What? <laughs> so at least we're not dealing with that
0: and uh, the sun has been out so that's a plus
1: yeah yeah we, we
0: were
2: having Unseasonably warm weather initially, in my Mm. opinion.
1: This is true. I grew up Mm -hmm. in
2: North Carolina. I know you're from Miami, and I don't know if you grew up in this area, but we used to have winter. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We used to have seasons. Mm -hmm. It seems now that we have gotten accustomed to it being so warm. I'm probably global warming or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah,
2: it is very cold. We're
0: kind of spoiled, huh? We are. (laughs) are. (laughs) I prefer to be warm all the time, but
1: yes. You know, Moved down to the tropics. <laughs> so so I'm from
0: New York originally, and it's reminding me of home. And so I guess I should feel very cozy because the wind is no joke. Oh, uh, yes. And I'm like, oh, I know you. Hi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So today's topic, we're going to talk about forgiveness. Spirituality as it relates to forgiveness. This is a very big topic. I think, um, because what is forgiveness and how do we go about implementing forgiveness in our lives? What is the purpose and uh, what does it mean? So we're going to explore that. You know, most traditions talk about some forgiveness in some form or fashion, and you hear people saying forgive and but don't forget and uh, forgiveness means this or it means that. So we want to kick that topic around and explore um, for ourselves and for our listeners, what this topic means and how we can apply it in our lives in a meaningful way. So, any initial thoughts you have to that? You've been thinking about forgiveness? And
0: Glenda always gives us a definition of everything. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, forgiveness, I, I guess I could read it, but I know that forgiveness is a deliberate and intentional release. Of resentment, um, some of the negative feelings or emotions um, when someone has, or when you perceive that someone has hurt you. Mm -hmm. Um, Forgiveness, it like so you make a decision to forgive. Mm
1: -hmm. And when you say deliberate and intentional, Mm -hmm. you are specifically saying, I am going to. Let this go. Mm-hmm. hmm
2: I do. I think that um, it's a challenge for most people hmm. to truly forgive.
1: To truly intentionally and deliberately let go.
0: Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, because I think that once you really let go, you don't think about letting go anymore.
1: hmm
0: And I think that a lot of times we let go and we have to still think about, but I forgave. You know, like it's like still a thing in our Mm -hmm. mind that we we followed that process and we satisfied the requirements of forgiveness so Mm -hmm. we're no longer mean to that person but when you really forgive you don't even react to the emotions connected to the situation it's like a non-issue it's like gone from Mm -hmm. your emotional um collection of of uh things that's interesting
1: is it possible for that to happen right
0: i was wondering
1: about that like i so me personally I'll, i'll just share that i have been in situations where i have felt people have done have violated me right and i specifically said i'm going to work on this forgiveness thing and i've um read different books, did meditation and prayer and practices and worked on letting go, letting go, letting go. And I reached a place where I felt, okay, I'm beyond this now. I no longer am bothered anymore. Hmm. And then out of the blue, years later, I get a phone call from the person that did the offense and all of the feelings immediately, whoosh, just come right back in that moment. And, you know, I stay calm during the call. But when I get off, I felt myself, the tension and the, oh, my God, I can't believe she did this to me. and blah, blah, blah. All of that was right back, mm-hmm. just that quick. I said, like, wow, I thought I was over this. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's like, whoa, mm-hmm. I got to do more work.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. because forgiveness t- is a journey I don't mm-hmm. know that forgiveness is a destination
0: mm-hmm.
2: I, I believe that um, you also don't know how much you've forgiven until that person does call right. you until exactly. you're tested exactly. because you think you've dealt with it but what you've done is you haven't been um, in contact with that person mm-hmm. a true example of forgiveness mm-hmm. is for someone to violate you and you keep them in your life <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, the true test of forgiveness mm-hmm. I have to work on that mm-hmm. because you we can say uh, because so I think about me in my life there have been times where someone has violated me let's say in a relationship and I walk away
0: mm-hmm.
2: I leave them alone mm-hmm. but to keep the person in your life that has violated you that that exercise is a muscle that you don't have to exercise when that person is absent from your life.
0: Right, that's no joke. And I think that from from what I know, um, the most extreme cases of violation in my life, um, I have. it has taken me long, long, long time to forgive the person. Um, and the time uh, was very helpful and the space in... Um, being able to process without being confronted constantly by the situation, and then the the situation popping up again in my you know the person popping up in my life, and me feeling what I described earlier of like not like not even really remembering um, the different you know uh, logistics around what happened or not feeling any emotion attached. To the fact that it happened and not feeling like that level of like blame or questioning whose fault it was or what were, you know, the scenarios that caused this to occur. Like none of that coming into my mind, being able to receive that person as if I was meeting a brand new person whom I had, you know, heard of before or um, just no, no real emotional connection to the scenario that was a violation to me. Um, so I, I believe it's possible and I believe that with that situation I really have forgiven and I really have healed but I'm not able to keep that person in my life because they have not healed they have not um, overcome what occurred and they are still trying to answer all of those questions of whose fault was it who do we blame you know what were the things that led up to that scenario mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I really do think that it's it's a journey and each instance of having to forgive is a separate journey with you know there's no real parameters to measure like how long it takes or what you can do to to cause it to happen because it's like you said it's like a muscle that has to get strong and and it and it it, it gets strong and then it backslides and it gets strong and it backslides and it's just like a constant. Uh, uncertainty about Whether it will get strong Or, um Whether it's even supposed to get strong You know, because that's always a question For me as well, with certain Uh, things that have happened You know, it's like Like Do you really forgive everything? (laughs) You know, like Are there, like, scenarios that have happened In your life that, you know, are Unforgivable, you know, that, uh that you know, th- I mean, I know I feel that way about certain scenarios. That I don't, I, I have, I have made attempts to process and find my peace with the pain that I've that I've dealt with. But in terms of looking at the perpetrator, um, I just don't have any desire to forgive certain individuals,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I'm not sure that 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 is a priority for me either.
1: Yeah, so let's 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 dive into the weeds here. So you can think of something very heinous, like if your child, if your daughter were abducted and raped, um, would you? Yeah, that's the weeds able, for you. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> would you be able to forgive that person, or should you even? Is that a part of your value system to? Be able to forgive that person, or the the issue we, we I think we brought up briefly the people that were killed in the church
0: mm-hmm.
1: who were worshiping mm-hmm. um, and forgiving the person who killed their loved ones is that mm-hmm. something that we should aspire towards doing?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, what do you what does that look like when you say forgiving that person? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Because to me, when you just say, okay, are we forgiving the person? Well, what's the behavior that would accompany that forgiveness? Because you can forgive and not that person doesn't have to ever be in your life again. You can forgive someone and you don't have to interact with them. Hmm. Forgiving them doesn't mean I need to continue to be in relationship with them or I need to I need to somehow do something for them. Mm -hmm. That represents forgiveness. Right. Forgiveness is what you do for yourself. So a deliberate release of the anger or resentment. Letting that go. Because your mind doesn't know the difference in when something happened initially. Or when you have the anger or resentment or the negative emotions. When you're remembering it or reliving it. Your mind doesn't know whether it happened or it's you're reliving it it's just responding to those emotions and that uneasiness dis-ease causes disease Mm dis-ease in your body so you're allowing someone who has violated you now to continue to cause you to have this uneasiness Mm -hmm. that is only hurting you Mm -hmm. it's kind of like you forgiving them also doesn't mean what they did was okay Forgiving them doesn't mean they're off the hook that, yeah, that was fine. So that's why I want. Like, what does forgiveness really look like? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I uh, remember. Yeah. Paul, uh-huh. um, Paul Farini and the, the 12 Steps of Forgiveness is a great book. And what you just alluded to, Glenda, he talks about forgiving, starting forgiveness, the, the forgiveness process with forgiving yourself hmm. and everything goes, it branches out from there, right? And so that, to me, speaks to this whole concept of taking things personal, which um, Don Miguel Ruiz talks about in The Four Agreements. Um, don't take things personal. So somebody doing something, you are just happen to be a prop in their play. Mm-hmm. They would have done this to anybody that was in their path at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And so... It's not about them doing something to you. They're doing it to themselves. So if you're able to incorporate and adopt that principle and start with yourself and not take it personal, what the person does, then it's easier to say that although it may hurt, although it may be painful, I don't have to hold on to um, the negative emotions that are attached to that. Because there's this Chinese proverb that says, if you are head set on revenge, then you are digging a grave for your... If you're digging a grave for revenge, you're digging two graves. One is for yourself because you're going to be going in the grave with your focus on getting that revenge just as as the person you want to put in the grave
0: will be. I want to piggyback on... Um, what Anthony said and what you said, um, Glenda, um, that the, the first thing that I remember reading is that um, the brain does have um, only a certain number of space, uh, a certain amount of space for, um, you know, memories and um, that you get to decide how much, uh, what or what memories get precedence in your brain uh, what emotions, what what you're collecting and making space for. And I think um, when we are holding unforgiveness, we're using valuable space in our brain and and in our spirit as well um to to hold, you know those sentiments that are not helpful to us that do cause disease and can, you know cause us to be sick or to um, you know be, be have harmful energy for ourselves. And so it, it in that article it was almost saying like, You have to empty out, you know, that space in your own mind for your own good so that you can then, you know, fill it back with more productive things or things more in alignment with, you know, what you're trying to accomplish in the world or the person you're trying to become or the emotions and sentiments that you want to be surrounded with. And so, you know, understanding that I can see, you know, how they say that forgiveness is not a process for the other person, but it's more of a process for yourself, um, and then you know, listening to what Anthony was saying about not personal, not personalizing the offense, um, and I hope that I can represent this well because I heard this wonderful um, you know short speech that Esther Hicks made, and she was like sort of illustrating for us. And, and the way that it kind of went, and and maybe you know people can find this so they can hear it correctly. But the way that it kind of went, she was like you know someone does something. Against you, like a violation. And then you think, why did you do that to me? I hate you. That hurt me. And then you think, they must have done that with the intention of hurting me. And then you think, you know, I should never talk to you again. I should leave. And then you think, I want to hurt you back. I want to get revenge. And then you think, you know, what good would the revenge do, you know, for me? And then you think, wow they hurt me because they lied to me. And then you think, why did they lie to me? And then you think, maybe they lied to me because they wanted to hurt me. And then you (laughs) think, wait, I have lied to people before. And then you think, maybe they lied to me because they were afraid. And then you think, maybe they lied to me because you, they were uh, worried that I would not accept the truth. Mm -hmm. And then you think maybe they are having internal problems in their self, that's causing them to lie to everyone. And then you think, maybe I should not be angry, you know, for them having lied to me, maybe I can forgive them, you know? And it, it was kind of like she, she the way that she did it was so poetic and you could follow her thought train um, in her trying to illustrate to us how our thoughts Im- immediately when the offense is done, you know, they go to this low place where you're like, you know, I- uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to harm you. How could you do that to me? And then as your thoughts travel, you have sort of a choice, you know, in your reasoning to to sort of unravel, like, you know, how how do I get this around to a place of forgiveness? How can I conceptualize or, or make this logical so that um, I don't stay in this space of, you know, you hurt me. I want to hurt you back. Mm-hmm. So... It sounds
2: that we are using scenarios where the person who hurt you was someone we expected would care about us or love us or not hurt us. That's what it sounds like, some of the examples. Mm -hmm. This person who lied to you, why would you lie? Or the person who hurt you, Anthony. But let's take it even deeper than that. That person who kidnapped your child, raped her, even murdered her. That's not a person who you, I don't know that you would, That that's a person you aren't, aren't even expecting anything from.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I th- I think that that's a more challenging situation
0: mm-hmm.
2: to forgive. A lie, infidelity. Mm-hmm. There are a variety of things that to me seem that would be easier to forgive. Mm-hmm. But someone who, who rapes you or beats, someone who you don't even know who's beating you, like, right. it doesn't even have to be someone you know. Um, or it does something to your mother, your, your daughter, your son. Like, mm-hmm. I think that that is much more challenging and for me to forgive.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's when I have that question of do you? You know, like, it's like, do you... Well, the same energy harms you. Right.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, we saw this movie, Have Mercy... Um, this a few days ago uh, for those about this um,
2: Just Mercy.
1: Just Mercy. (laughs) I said have mercy because they needed to have mercy. Um, But Just Mercy. And this man they framed him in Alabama. They framed him for a crime for a murder that he did not commit. He was on death row for years and it was the flimsiest evidence that it was just an outrageously ridiculous case and you should have said spoiler alert uh, spoiler (laughs) alert spoiler spoiler alert alert. go ahead I'm sorry
2: I mean but (laughs) it's a
1: true story so people know what it was but it's the it's the it's the presentation of how that actually played out Mm. and what the, the the what they had to go through to even get him free even after he was freed, I think the, the part that was the most bothersome for me, nobody apologized. And in fact, the sheriff that rigged this whole thing stayed a sheriff until two years ago in, 19, in 2017 when he retired. Oh, Nothing ever happened to him. And everybody can see the evidence that he contrived this whole thing. He didn't mess up one person's life. His whole family, his community suffered as a result of this. The ripple effects of people suffering over this idiot framing him for this. Ah, I was so angry after coming out me. of that. Right. But I was, I was, I was walking around. And I literally wanted to do some harm to somebody. That's how upset I was. And I normally don't find myself being, I'm pretty calm. But this had me to my wits end. And it may have been some, you know, other things that were going on as well. In terms of this book that I'm reading is talking about, you know, things that were happening in slavery time. And I'm watching all these videos happening of black people being Um, brutalized and harassed and it's like enough is enough and I'm just
0: but even um, with that whole analysis of you know making space in your brain there's also an analysis that says that you need a little bit of stress to in order to grow not too much and not too little but just enough in order to grow Mm -hmm. and so that's when, when I start to wonder is there a place you know for the anger you know if we had Forgiven everything if we had not become outraged or angry or, you know, um, you know, insistent that something had to change. So many of our movements would never have happened. Mm -hmm. And so I think we have to be careful also with the concept of forgiveness and the concept of, you know, letting go of things. Because I think sometimes you're supposed to get angry and do something about it. And if you don't get angry, then... Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like...
1: Right, right, right. So one of the things I often talk about is until you actually are given an opportunity to apply the concepts or theories, they're just concepts and theories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, oh, we can talk about forgiveness in this lofty... But until you are faced with an opportunity to actually see if you can do that thing, it's just words, Mm -hmm. right? And that's with any any concept, any, on any dimension, um, all of the different values that we hold until we are challenged and faced with an opportunity. Well, God, why did this happen to me? Because I wanted to see if you're really going um, <laughs> to apply what you talk about. Mm-hmm. Right? When you really think about that, we get opportunity after opportunity to see if we really about that life. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and, sometimes- and to
0: experience every you know part of the spectrum of human emotion. Yeah. Because that's also important, you know, to 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 feel anger. Right. You know, it's it, it has a place. Um but it's, it's it's so true that uh that nothing cements until the test. Right. You know? <laughs> right. And that's when you really can see the truth of things and that's when you really even learn and apply your own lessons because ultimately the experience that we're having is our soul experience and has you know only minimally to do with those around us and the things that are are being done around us and to us and with us and so you know when when we focus inward and we you know deal with what is it what is the muscle that's being built in me what is the purpose for this experience for me how is this helping me to grow to analyze to understand even past things that have occurred And who am I becoming, you know, in, 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 in confronting this in, you know, dealing with this in understanding, you know, how I react or process um, it it cements and it, and it helps you to self-define in a a really strong way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So the anger we have, it's a
2: natural emotion Mm -hmm. if we we wouldn't get angry if we weren't intended to be angry but i don't think we have to stay in anger right i don't know that this the anger itself that causes us to do something to make change Mm -hmm. i think it's the activism Mm -hmm. and i think you have to transfer the energy anger is an energy you have to transfer that energy of anger into doing something mm-hmm. because there are people who just stay angry,
0: right? And that's all they
2: do, <laughs> Yes, Is stay we know angry. those people,
1: I think that's probably <laughs> the majority it. of our population,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and they're not getting anything, they're not progressing from it, they're, right. not, they're not making change, <laughs> they're not
0: even doing push ups. So, <laughs> <laughs> they, not even getting their biceps and triceps big, you know what I'm saying? Like,
2: so. Like, mm-hmm. So I get exactly what you're saying, Zawadi, that anger can be a catalyst mm-hmm. if we allow it to be. Mm-hmm. But for some, for
0: a lot of people,
2: it's a prison mm-hmm. that you stay in Yes, mm-hmm. and you live and exist in that anger.
0: Right. And then you so, add things on top of it, on top uh, of it, on top of it to form your, it, it, you know, and, and, and there's so, so many different mentalities that, that can accompany anger, you know, the victim mentality. Um, You know, the whole blame game, you know, like just all these, uh, these, these low analyses that don't um, really progress us or or help us to grow. And so I think it's really important when feeling anger to also look at what, what is the analysis that has taken you to that place? And then how to make sure that you're not compounding it, you know, because a lot of times when something happens, then we We will form like our own thesis, Mm -hmm. (laughs) our own conclusion around, you know, why this thing happened. Mm -hmm. And then we go through the world, seeing everything through that lens and adding, you know, to, oh, you know, I remember when I was little and my brother, you know, telling me like, no, you can't play with me no more because you're a girl. And I kid you not. This year, I like said it to him and I cried. I was like, when I was seven, you told me I was a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, what? And, and But it but it, it hurt me up until this year, right? Mm-hmm. But I never realized. And so for 40 years or 30 something years, I won't say my age, um, I have been looking at things through this lens right. of, you think I'm inferior because I'm a girl. Mm-hmm. And of course- This mentality exists in the world, right? Right. And so I will find, you know, situations and people and experiences that then, you know, can confirm my thesis that I formed through the lens of this hurtful moment so that I can continue to compound it and stack on top of it, you know, to make my whole, you know, feeling of poor me. He rejected me because I was a girl. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's like the most dangerous part of non-forgiveness Is that not only do we maybe not interact with that person anymore or not be able to recognize the positive parts of them and enjoy, you know, if if they do have positive parts, but (laughs) we also can torment ourselves for years with this analysis that we form after being hurt or, you know, betrayed or violated, um, and then see the world through a lens of that. You know, instance, even in small ways, like my brother saying you're a girl.
1: Right, and you've taken that personal, and you've applied it to every aspect of your life.
0: Right, without and, knowing.
1: Right, and what you've done is actually you've described. There's this book called The Healing Code, and it talks about ways that people have these small incidents like that that only you remember. Mm-hmm. Nobody else remembers right. it because it wasn't. It was a throwaway moment right. to them. It was like a, a, a mere. Myri- One in a myriad of experiences in life. But for you, it was the holy grail. You held on to that thing and it defined the way you related to so many other things. But it is, it hung you up. Uh And everybody has things like that. And if we're able to do our inner work, that's why forgiveness starts with self, then we can go back to that moment and heal that moment with that little girl and, and release those emotions and not allow it to impact you moving forward. Uh-huh. Uh, but there are so many people, and that book is a really good, uh, mm-hmm. they, they actually give uh, interventions. He has interventions and techniques that he's developed, uh, truth, st- positive statements that you say and you um, um, identify different parts of your head and your temple and your neck and sensitive areas that help you to undo the, the link that that has to your brain and create new positive associations. It, it would be similar to um, affirmations, you know, mm-hmm. um, so that you change the old tape in your mind uh, and and create a new tape that allows you to prosper and to move forward in a healthy healthy manner. Yeah. So that that's a great example right. that you just you just gave mm-hmm. of how people can hold on to small things and if you can do it with the micro with the you know that's a micro thing Mm -hmm. but think about that on a much larger level the things that we hold on to and the power those are having
0: yeah how many of them are there you know there's probably (laughs) right (laughs) we just don't remember and we just have the lenses right you know Right, (laughs) Mm because when
2: i was listening to you said that he said no you can't play with me you're a girl well you were a girl he didn't say anything wrong when you really like evaluate that. Right. Did he say, I think I'm better than you. I'm a boy, you're a girl and you can't play with me. But it's how we perceive, because I get it. Right. I'm a, I had an older brother and it was just the two of us. Mm-hmm. And But really, did he say that? But that's how we might feel
0: about it. Right. Knowing him at that time, I think he really did mean it that way. Uh. Well, but <laughs> that's the same
2: thing before the podcast that I had responded to Anthony in a way that you felt like wasn't what he was saying but that's my perception mm-hmm. because of where I am but just like it, it may not be what he was saying and I could say well me knowing Anthony and my experiences with but it's not what he meant and you never know
0: well he so, apologized uh, and so I feel better now <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. In, in his book he uses an example in the healing code book of uh, a woman who at six years old her mother told her you can't have any dessert until you finish your dinner and she sat at the table and didn't finish her dinner meanwhile her sister did and got dessert but she didn't get dessert that day she took that and internalized that as i'm not good enough and she was an honor student, graduated from an Ivy League school, was on Wall Street, and was having difficulty performing in her job, and it all related back to this thought that she interpreted from her mother saying, "You can't have ice cream until you eat dinner." She made that believe she she made that into "I'm not good enough," mm-hmm. and that's not what her mother was saying, mm-hmm. right? So that speaks yeah, we to that. The, we take on um, and we interpret it. That whole thing you you gave Zawadi, um, and then I think, and then I think, if you think we have trains of thought every single day, mm-hmm. and sometimes I, I'm I'm like, well, how did I get to thinking about this? And I have to go back and I'm like, oh, that's where it started from, and it's like five minutes ago. Right. And this train of thought, and I ended up here. But we all have that, and yeah. so we have to be careful and aware of how those trains of thoughts are influencing us. In a positive way or in a negative way. And we can be more deliberate in channeling it in such a way that it is positive and not negative. Mm -hmm. I believe. I think that's part of doing the work that allows us to have the self-forgiveness and allows us to keep moving forward in a positive manner.
0: And carrying philosophies and activities and behaviors and reading books and, you know, just trying to understand how to... Move through life with difficult things happening and not, um, you know, pack them, not, you know, keep them or create analyses or lenses uh, that that negatively affect you Mm -hmm. for the long term. Mm -hmm. I think that's really a challenge. Yeah. Something that you said, too, was that he apologized to you and so you were able
1: Uh to forgive him. Yeah.
2: So (laughs) I'm with you on that. But that's an interesting thing.
1: Yeah. What does the apology do? and what, what do you think the energy of the apology of the apology did for her in that in that instance
2: so i would like for zawadi to say what
0: did the apology do for you hi Dawood, i love you <laughs> if you're out there you're so wonderful <laughs> um the apology for me made me feel that although this thing had happened you know 30 some odd years ago and sounded absolutely ridiculous and out of context at the time that I said it and you know this grown woman you know crying over this you know little little kid statement um with him apologizing it uh it 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 made me feel like he cared about my feelings you know no matter what no matter how ridiculous and that he acknowledged you know that I was genuinely hurt and he was professing that you know he that was not um a a sentiment that he was carrying you know that 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 was not uh no longer had space in our relationship um and yeah I think that that you know it just it, it, as small as it, it is you know it it just it, it sort of cements for you that the person loves you and cares about you and you know is 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 aware and uh, cautious about your feelings. Um, and that, I, I guess that was important for me. I feel
2: that way about apologies. So, but that's why I was asking, because for in, from my point of view, someone that is continuing to be in your life after a violation, when they're, and you want reconciliation, I believe that, One of the first steps before reconciliation is apology. And apology isn't always, um, you're sorry for what you did. Apology can also be, I apologize for my, for what I said causing you to feel that way. Or you felt that way because I said that. I apologize that you had that experience as a result of my actions. Or whatever, you know, his apology was in that. Like, that wasn't what he intended for to happen. And it wasn't a a place for it. But I I believe that I was reading some information about um, the laws of Mm Mayotte. And it talks about the steps when someone is wronged and apology and then some other steps to reconciliation. Hmm. Um, which was really interesting to me Mm -hmm. because some people may say, well, it's only words, but you know, it has to be accompanied with actions. Mm -hmm. But I I do feel that for some people, apology
0: matters. Right. And that's when we go back to the love languages and you know, all of the different modes of communication and the intricacies of relationship, because you know, there are other people who I have forgiven and who I have gotten very close to uh, family members who are not, as high on the emotional intelligence spectrum as my brother is. And in trying to communicate to them the ways that they've harmed me, um, they have not, you know, been able to apologize in the same way that my brother did or represent this, the sentiments that I wanted to receive from them, but in being sensitive to where they are at and the love languages that they use and their modes of communication and, you know, looking at their life and what has occurred, then I have, you know, taken the higher road to accept and understand that this person is trying to show me that they're sorry. They're not going to say it. This person in particular is not going to say it. hmm. They may say it to other people. They may not say it to me. Mm -hmm. This person, you know, when I express, you know, what I am feeling and that, you know, I I am so upset, they may become uncomfortable and leave the room. They may seem as though they haven't heard me. Or they can even, you know, sometimes get angry at my, you know, feeling offended or hurt. Because this person feels um, like... Uh, When this person feels vulnerable, they become afraid and then they become angry in defense. And so, you know, in, in having relationships with people and loving people, you also have to be realistic about the person's love language, the person's emotional intelligence, the person's history of relationships, you know, what, you know, trends and behaviors have they engaged in before and what really, you know, like from your intuition, from your gut, what really, do you think the person is feeling about the situation? Are they are they apologizing, you know, but not in the way that you're prescribing, not in the way that it's written in the book, you know, not in the way that the other person mm-hmm. apologized. You know, is there something about the way that they are that maybe you don't get it? Maybe the communication is not working, but maybe they are sorry. You know, that's, I think yeah. that we have to really be mm-hmm. sensitive to that if we really love someone. And
1: mm-hmm. that's what I was going to ask. Like, you go back to... Let's go back to six years old again, right? And two kids are fighting and we say, apologize to them. And we make them, I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Okay, sorry. Mama Steve, Sorry. Right? But did they really mean that apology? Or were they just doing what you told them to do? Right? And so if a person says, I need to hear the words, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm sorry. Do you feel those words, or what? Do you need something more than that? You absolutely
2: right. need more than that. And
1: so, how do you determine? Because the person can say it; he may not. They may not say it in the way you want them to, right? They may not say it with the intonation or the energy. But well, the, like, the, the, the love, right? <laughs> the love language is is there, right? Um, and so. It goes back for me. Do you really even need that? Because if you're not taking it personal, it doesn't. And you're do and you're doing this um, self forgiveness work. What somebody else does doesn't even matter. Maybe and everybody that doesn't instance.
0: need the same thing, and in each relationship. Because if my brother had not said to me, you know, I understand. I'm sorry. You know, I hope you're okay. You know, I love you or whatever. I would have been very disappointed because I know that he has a high level of emotional intelligence and I know what our relationship is and I know that the communication between us is very high and very sophisticated and I know he is, you know, capable of recognizing and self-analyzing and, you know, understanding people's feelings and, like, he's all about that. So, um, you know, the, the place that he's evolved to, for him not to, you know, acknowledge my feelings would have been completely unacceptable to me. Mm-hmm. But another person who I have a different relationship with, who is not, you know, at the same place that my brother is in terms of their emotional intelligence, then I I may give them a pass. And I may look for other signs that they're mm-hmm. apologizing or that they're sorry or that they have compassion, you know, for, for what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Because maybe that the relationship is not the same. The person is not the same. And you can't just, like, you know, give a cookie cutter requirement for every relationship of how someone apologizes Mm -hmm. but but when you do know somebody and you do know what they're capable of and they don't you know seem to be sorry then you have to be realistic about that too you know you can't just say oh maybe they're not in that place or maybe they you know maybe they're of a low emotional intelligence you know you have to be very careful because You know, and that's why I say intuition is so important Yeah. because you can get duped. You know, you can you can set yourself up to be abused again or violated again or, you know, harmed again or be in some dysfunctional situation that doesn't deserve your 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 love and and will cause you to have to forgive all over again. And that's what we don't want.
1: Yeah. So you said seem to be sorry. And so that. That can be relative. And Mm -hmm. I guess if you tap into spirit Mm -hmm. to access, you know, some guidance on what it really is, that can Mm kind of lead you. But uh, we're human. Mm -hmm. And if we just leave it up to our emotions and our feelings, those bruised, the ego wants to come in and say, no, make them still apologize. Make them still. they, They didn't do enough groveling. They need to do more groveling. That's all ego stuff, I I think. And I think that you don't need that ego stuff if you're doing the self work and not taking it personal.
2: You got to one day talk about ego because I don't think ego is a bad thing. But we'll go on past that. Yeah, Um, ego
1: has its place.
2: Um, But but the thing that I was... um, Oh, and now I lost my thought.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But ego can also... Ego, uh, if, you know, in talking about ego, sometimes ego drives us. So it goes back to that whole thing of finding a place for the anger and moving the anger into action. Sometimes you can't move ego into action. Um, but at the same time, ego can cause us, you know, I remember someone, uh, I think it was a reading that we were doing and they were talking to a couple and they were telling him that, you know, in, in your past lifetime, you had a karmic debt to her. And so now, you know, no matter what roller coasters your relationship goes through you have no desire to leave because you want to fulfill your karmic debt to her and then um the advice for the woman was yes he's fulfilling a karmic debt to you and but uh don't torture him you know don't think that you can just get away with anything don't you know though he has wronged you in another life you know don't think that you can now wrong him in this life because then you will end up having a karmic debt to him. And so it's like in trying to forgive people or trying to um, deal with things from a high and evolved perspective, we have to always remember that not only are we um, trying to clear ourselves of negative emotions and make space for things, trying to save relationships or you know heal you know with people in, in, in connection, um, but we are also, uh, accountable to our karma. And so we have to also monitor ourselves that in trying to deal with these people who may have wronged us or may have betrayed us in some way, uh, we do not then wrong them or, you know, mm-hmm. go too far in demanding, you know, uh, reparations, <laughs> demanding, you know, um, not, not black people's reparations Because we need to demand that But you know not
1: go too to that. far right. In. Right. 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 But you know we,
0: we, we have to We have to always pay attention to ourselves Because whenever the emotions are so high And our hurt is so strong We can then become The person who is offending You know in, in, in th- And feel righteous about it Feel like you know I have I'm justified because of what you did It might have been something from a past life and and then we then carry this karma that we now owe you know to the creator uh Mm -hmm. to make what we did right and so it's it's like a delicate balance Mm -hmm. so i think the thing that i was thinking of is um with
2: who to forgive and how you're forgiving and knowing where to continue to have to be in relationship with that person one of the things we have to pay attention to is the behavior that happens after Mm -hmm. so an apology or a lack of a verbal apology but you pay attention to the behavior Mm -hmm. and that's what's important Mm -hmm. because even with an apology it's only words if there isn't a change in behavior right um or an apology with a but or an apology and a justification. I mean, I apologize. I did it. It's natural. It, whatever. Like, we, you pay attention to the behavior. And mm-hmm. I think that can, can help guide us mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when we were talking about ego, and that was something that I looked up the definition for <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Which can't be a bad thing. Which isn't, not, not can't be, which isn't a bad thing. Right. So there's an, an extreme unhealthy ego, but then there's also a healthy right. ego.
1: So anytime I talk about concepts like that, um, I I always go back to balance, right? And so um, balance on any concept is what we are striving for because any extreme is going to be a problem. You know, you work too much, you play too much. Both of those are problems. Assertive, passive, both, any Extreme that you can think of can have problems, but it's how we move towards the balance that is ultimately uh, key and important for us. Um, so, I, as we, I want to I want to move us forward from the individual to something you started touching on, Zawadi, <laughs> the, the reparations and the global, because that was going to be part of um, the, the 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 ending of talking about forgiveness, at least for today. Um, because I imagine we still have a lot more and people going to have questions. But when you think about uh, Jim Crow, slavery, when you think about all the atrocities that have been perpetrated upon folks of African descent in this country, and having just recently traveled to South Africa and seeing a parallel experience for mm-hmm. um, African people there, um, black people there who... Uh, We're living under the apartheid system, the heinous system that um, just did such, such horrible things. And being in a space now where we're some years out, but the inequity, the inequality is still present. Mm -hmm. um, And should we be in a space of forgiveness for those things that happen that still continue to have a trickle down effect on us or should we let it go these people didn't do those things to us let's all just be at peace and one with one another
0: hmm.
1: what do y'all think
2: <laughs> of course I feel that if we're looking at the adverse effects of the anger we have to move our anger past we have mm-hmm. to move that anger to activism hmm Um, should there be some way in which the wrong has been righted yes we should something should happen but I don't know that staying angry is what's going to do it I mean every single day most people of African descent especially here in the US you operate in a way in which you did forgive white people Hmm. you interact with them you like you, yeah, Live in a way that it seems that there's a level of
0: forgiveness.
1: I don't know. It's like I'm um, say I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like that you you're forced and you, you maybe have to.
0: Mm-hmm. I have had conversations with white people where I've required them to say they were sorry for really? what their ancestors did. Really, <laughs> and and How really go? encourage them to you know do something to pay it back. Uh, they did it to the youth. I remember I did too. Yeah. There, there, there are there's some that are it. very oh. interested in having that conversation. Um, and so that it enables me to have some level of forgiveness um, because I think that uh, for some people, there's, I, I've seen some people who are just wrapped up in this mentality and, um, I call it a racist disease, Mm -hmm. um, a a, a backwards philosophy that was put on them and given to them Mm -hmm. as children. Mm -hmm. And they grew up in it. And this older woman, actually, I had a conversation with this woman. She must be about 65, probably 70 years old. Um, And she wanted to give me this book. Uh, I can't remember the name of the book, but it was about... A Ku Klux Klan um, leader.
1: Best of enemies.
0: Best of enemies. Mm-hmm. She wanted me to read the book so we could continue to dialogue because she mm-hmm. had learned so much from that book. And she was explaining to me that she did not ever question racism because her community was so um, embedded in it yes. and it was so inter- interwoven yes. in everything that they did. It was a part of a culture that... Um, that as a as a little girl she had never even thought to question the ideologies of it, and now as an adult she feels an immense amount of pain and regret and shame and confusion of where do I go from here? You know, I, I you know in in trying to confront her family members in being disgusted, ha- her mind having opened and and now you know volunteering uh, in this in an in organizations that assist black people and mm-hmm. giving money you know to uh, organizations that you know help um, you know urban African American youth. You know because of her um, shame and guilt and and confusion around the the ideology that she was raised with. And so w- when I meet people like that, and it's not just a hypothetical forgiveness of white people, but it forces me to connect with them as someone who was born into a particular experience that taught them to harm me, um, then it, it helps me to, to be able to um, at least release from myself the blame um, and the, the malice. Mm-hmm. But whether I'm able to forgive um, the European race as a whole, you know uh, ideolo- you know mm-hmm. ideologically, for what was done, That's very difficult when we deal with person to person to person, when we deal with individuals, when we can see with our two eyes and hear with our two ears and experience the individual, then there's individuals who I love who have white skin. There are teachers, you know, um, Eastern European teachers in New York who raised me, (laughs) who taught me in school, you know, and taught me about socialism and, you know, had these, you know, really high mentalities and ideologies and they have white skin and I love them. You know, like I, they would, you know, there are things that I would do for them that I would do for my family, but there are other white people who I don't want them to sit beside me. You know, I, I don't, you know, want to be in the same room with them. And so when thinking about forgiving the race of white people or even seeing white people as a race, it's very difficult for me with all I've experienced and all I've read and all I've um, understood uh, to, to say I forgive. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's something mm-hmm. that I'm working on or trying to understand, but it's, it's very difficult to, to just say, yes, I forgive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For me, you know, race is made up anyway. It, what, it is. What it, it's so stupid. Um, you don't like me because I have a darker skin than you. That is such a stupid concept. Um, but the system are still in place and harmful to people Mm -hmm. every single day and so it's the systems that i have more of a problem with um i i part of my work of not taking it personal is appreciating the fact that the person who is a member of the kkk who grew up who all their life that's what they were taught similar to what you were saying saying zawadi That's all they know. They can't know anything else because that was embedded in their brain in the homogenous society Mm -hmm. that they grew up in Mm -hmm. that this is what it is. And they are
0: prevented even from learning anything else. Right.
1: This is everything that's taught is... And it happens. We domesticate our children just period. Everybody does that to some extent. Um, So, but to the degree that you're doing it in a position where you're raising one group over another and trying to subject and put people into places of uh, subservience, that's where I have a problem. So that individual person, I can have a conversation with them. And once they are now exposed to a different set of ideology, a different paradigm, a different approach to understanding the world, are they then going to hear that and change the way they interact with me? And so if they do, then I can be in that space. But if they want to hold on to those harmful beliefs, because those beliefs can be harmful. Mm -hmm. They can literally cause life or death for people. And they have. Mm -hmm. um, And they continue to. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the things that we we have to stop. And so the larger institution of racism, global white supremacy, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I can forgive that, or even want to forgive that.
2: Well, you shouldn't. That's the institution. With the individuals, you like, we have to. What you said, they were. That's what they were taught. Mm-hmm. So even in forgiving people that are close to us, one of the steps is to imagine that person as a child. They were at one point an innocent, whether they were infant or a two or three-year-old child. Mm-hmm. They weren't born whatever it is that they were a rapist, a racist, a molester, whatever they may be. That's not what they were born as. And as a result of their circumstances in their life, then this is what they become.
1: So we should look at Mitch McConnell and see him as a little child. And forgive all of the. And
2: that's the question I have. That's really. <laughs> but I, don't, I think we really should what, forget it. But I don't think forgiveness means forget. I don't think that forgiveness means you don't work to make change. So
0: I have heard people who, um, I think it, it's, it's probably my friends from the continent, and they refer to uh, some people being born as dark spirits, hmm. and that uh, these people are not. Um, a victim of circumstance or consequence, or the place they were born, or the philosophy they came up around. These people came here to the earth with a dark mission and were born as a dark spirit. Hmm. I feel and that. And so, in, in practicing forgiveness and considering that that could be, you know, the case, it's it's hard for me, having grown up in a Christianized society, uh, to accept that every baby, or to think that every baby that's born is not pure you know, and is, uh, is not, you know, a child of God. I, I really think that, um, that, we, that, that is kind of taught to us, uh, that, um, you know, as long as, you know, the, as, as lo- when you come, you're pure and then, you know, you learn the sins of the world, you know, sort of the Adam and Eve type of thing. And I think that when it was stated to me that no, you know, some people come here to do evil, <laughs> some people come here, you know, because they came from that force that loves to do evil, that wants to destroy and pillage and rape and colonize and enslave and, and you know that that is you know that that energy came and embodied a human so that it could you know propagate those missions. And when I consider that, that's what makes it really difficult sometimes to decide whether forgiveness is always necessary, or whether um, an understanding that. You know, good and evil, you know, exist in the world and we have to deal with them accordingly and we have to be clear about what energy we're carrying. But maybe we're not always looking at everything from from the lens of forgiveness.
1: It's hmm.
0: mm-hmm.
2: a good point. Yeah. Um. So I do I feel that there are spirits that are that are negative. But when we decide, because I did say like forgiveness being deliberate and intentional.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: With that, that's when that use of of seeing that person as someone. So, and especially like my father was physically abusive. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: You know, so I had to go through a process to forgive him. Mm -hmm. I had to see him as a child. Mm -hmm. But that has nothing to do with, I think that I have to forgive or I, I have to. Um, accept that racism is okay or right. it's not that's not to me I, I see that very different I mm-hmm. think I don't see it as the same because I'm deciding to forgive I do believe that um, there is evil and there are some things we can say that they aren't forgivable but how much negative energy do we need to give it versus changing that energy to activism more so more. if we hate racism, what are we doing on a daily basis to change it? Mm-hmm. How many of us are spending our money buying um, our food in African-centered uh, restaurants if we're going out to eat? Or buying our clothes that way? Right. Or like, what are we actually doing to make change? We can stay angry, but are we really actively every day not going to Walmart? Mm-hmm. Or not, like, what are we doing?
1: Mm-hmm. Do revolutionaries eat Kentucky fried chicken? I don't know.
2: I don't, know chicken. I don't eat chicken at all. So, but I
0: would think we might want to think about whether we where we what we're doing. Right, right. And then I wanna to know too, like, you know, in forgiving, do we have to forgive the people who are not human, who are probably an alien species who came here to rape and pillage the earth? Because that is something that I've really been pondering lately, whether certain people are even human and whether there is something going on here that just, because things have just started to not make sense to me. And I'm like, you know, I think they might have landed here on a spaceship. But you think that everything that landed here on a spaceship would be bad? I think that there may be a species that landed here on a spaceship that I've heard is, you know, omnipotent and, you know, benevolent. And there may be another species <laughs> that landed <laughs> here. Right. You, you,
1: you've been on this alien thread the last couple of <laughs> podcasts. Um, and we're ha- we actually going to do a podcast talking about that at some point. Um Oh. Yeah. We were talking to a brother in Zimbabwe who we had a very, very interesting dialogue with. So we're gonna bring him into the conversation and, and get get in the weeds on that one. Yeah. Um but yeah.
0: Because to them we're alien. hmm I mean
1: that's
0: really Yeah, that's why they don't care if they kill us and destroy our whole world.
1: <laughs> if that's what they're trying to do. <laughs> We may be doing that ourselves. Yes, we some are. Some of us.
2: We are.
1: All right. Well, this has been quite the lively discussion. Um, I, I really want to know what people are thinking about this, because um, I'm sure you're having some thoughts and talking back at the at, the, at your radio or your, your phone or whatever it is you're listening on, because um, you tell us this. So um, contact us and, and give us your feedback, and we can... Take some of the feedback and do some conversations about that. Remember, our Twitter address is at Tapping Spirit. So reach us there and let us know what you think. Um, Any last words before we wrap up? Thank you
0: so much for tapping in and joining us. And we hope that, um, that you are able to uh, self-reflect and unpack um, all of the things in life that can cause you to have unforgiveness in your heart and negative energy that is not beneficial to you so that you continue to grow, evolve, and become the best you you can possibly be.
2: I say. Mm-hmm. feel the same. I think that it's important that um, the people that are in our life that matter to us um that are close to us, we, we have to operate in a way in which we have forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, in a great way, because there are some things that we, even small things with our parents or our siblings, yes. that we carry. And that doesn't serve us. So we, we have to let that go in some way for our own self. And that's the forgiveness that, work that we do. Like, we can talk about forgiving a whole ethnic group, but can yes, we just yes. start in the small, like, can forgive, we start in our own family? Can we start with ourselves? And forgive black right. folks, can we Can we start there? Because <laughs> until we start with self-forgiveness and then forgiving those in our circle, like this, the egg, forgive the people in the yoke
0: then <laughs> <laughs> you know you my maybe
2: yolk, we can It's right? <laughs> a new slang word <laughs> my, my yoke maybe we can forgive further than that so let's just work on that
1: okay Well, I would say uh, start with self um, self love self forgiveness mm-hmm. is the first step yes. um, I really think the, uh, the 12 steps of forgiveness I recommend that Paul Farini book um, that gives some very practical it's very short but very practical gives exercises to do to help you tap into your own self-forgiveness and be in that space of creating self-love for self. And that then emanates outward. And mm-hmm. then when those opportunities come, because they will, anytime you think you have mastered something, right. trust, you are going to get an opportunity to see if, in fact, you have mastered it, because that's the way life works. Right. So be ready for that. Yeah. Um, but doing that work is going to be very beneficial. and. Um, I think that you can find a lot of a lot of joy and happiness going through that process. Yeah, talking about spirit. So in closing, we like to encourage you to embrace the concept of change and learning something new. Continue to evolve, continue to transform. Continue to thrive and find your own personal path to tapping into spirit.
0: And I was obviously too blind and probably too weak to see who was responsible for my losing streak.